0: DFS. It is Friday, November twenty fifth, here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week Twelve Fanduel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. He's actually in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester. I'm, of course, up north. For the Thanksgiving holiday, I hope the holiday is treating all of you folks well as you watch or listen to us. Jared, how are things going for you over Thanksgiving?
1: They're good. So trying to put the house back together after hosting, but otherwise, otherwise good. Ooh. Is this the first time you guys have hosted? Thanksgiving, yeah. We've hosted other stuff, but yeah, Thanksgiving. It, it, it went fine. Good.
0: Hosting Thanksgiving is different. That's definitely a big step in your <laughs> yeah. maturation as a family because you not you have to find places for people to sit. You have to find all of the foods. You have to figure out when to serve everything and how to heat everything up. So that's a new challenge. I've, I'm impressed at your level of maturity, you and Kellen. I've never felt older. <laughs> that's right. Well, just wait until, uh, I don't know, five, 10 years from now and your back starts telling you how old you are. But <laughs> We'll start. We'll get back into talking about football guys here. We'll start with quarterbacks on FanDuel. Jared, what do you like for cash?
1: Yeah, I'm still messing around with both Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes lineups. Um, they come in as the top two values at the position, very close in terms of dollars per projected points. You're saving 1100 going down to Justin Herbert at 7900 Patrick Mahomes at 9000 Clearly the more You know, the the safer play and probably even a higher ceiling. Um, The only concern is, you know, do the Chiefs get out to a big lead sort of take the foot off the pedal late? But um, even if that happens, Mahomes is probably going to have a lot to do with it. Um, The Chiefs do have the second highest implied total on the main slate at at, uh, nearly 29 points right now. So I think you can't go wrong with either of those guys. Um, It just, you know, it depends what you want to do with the rest of your lineup. Yeah, I th- there's a
0: lot of talk about when a team is a heavy favorite and worrying about it being a blowout and wondering if that's going to limit the quarterback. But in most cases if a team is absolutely blowing out the other team, the quarterback is probably centrally involved in that, and especially in Kansas City. I have a tough time imagining that we get a first half where Mahomes throws for like 180 and one touchdown and Isaiah Pacheco is, you know, scoring twice and they're running the ball 50% of the time. So if they're In a blowout situation, Patrick Mahomes has been heavily involved, so that's not going to limit me. I'm probably looking at salary more, deciding who my cash quarterback is going to be here. So that steers me toward Justin Herbert and Geno Smith. Um, You know, we'll see once I'm building if that salary doesn't matter as much as it always does in my head when I'm starting out. But I do think Justin Herbert and Geno Smith are both in play. Smith's $300 cheaper than Justin Herbert. know herbert's an excellent player he has keenan allen back so that certainly helps things it's been a little bit shakier as an offense overall though that has me leaning a bit towards smith who has been safer he has been our floor guy all seasons he's been steady he's got dk metcalf and tyler lockett as options and over here dk metcalf is number two in our fd dollars per point rankings so He's cheaper than Tyler Lockett on FanDuel. Tyler Lockett's the cheaper one on DK. So I think starting out with Geno Smith and DK Metcalf in my cash lineup feels pretty good this week.
1: Yeah, I especially like Geno in tournaments on FanDuel. Um, I think he's going to be pretty chalky on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, he's priced very close to, as you mentioned, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray is right there as well. So I don't think people are going to click on Geno's name as much on FanDuel. And, you know, we we talked about on the DraftKings show, he hasn't really shown a ton of ceiling this season, but if it's going to happen, it's going to happen against the Raiders who are you know, pr- dead last in pretty much every quarterback defensive metric um, that includes adjusted fantasy points allowed to the position. So I do like um, the chance for a Geno ceiling game this And I do think you can, as you said, stack them up with, with both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett uh, pretty affordably. Yeah. The Raiders are providing ceiling renovations in
0: addition to playing football this year <laughs> on the tourney side. I like Kyler Murray, who you referenced in that range, but at 7,800, I think he's interesting as a price pivot, from Justin Herbert. I think being that close to Herbert in salary is likely to make him go far less owned than he would in a normal week, especially coming off of the hamstring. Obviously, we're watching to confirm that he's going to be in there, but things seem to be trending in that direction. And then he's got DeAndre Hopkins at 8400, who is high in our value listing, even at that relatively high salary and Marquise Brown is still a question mark for the game at this point, as we talk in the middle of Friday. 7K, though, would be a good salary for him if he's back. And then that Kyler Murray, Hopkins, Marquise Brown, you know it would also be a pivot off of James Conner, who I think is probably going to be a popular play mm-hmm. this week in a run-friendly matchup against the
1: Chargers. Look at you investing in Kyler Murray. I love, love to see that. I'll have at least one Kyler team, too, this week. So I like that call. I do think that Chargers-Cardinals game has shootout potential. The last guy I have here for FanDuel, Jimmy Garoppolo. 6,800 bucks. I mean, he's coming off a four touchdown game. Like he has that type of ceiling in this offense with all these weapons. Um, Plus Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are super cheap. So it's it's a really nice value stack. Um, The Niners do have the third highest implied total on the main slate behind only the Dolphins and Chiefs. Um, I also like fading George Kittle this week. I mean, the the saints are just a tough tight end defense. They have been for a while. That's continued this season. So um, I like playing the, garoppolo stack with his two top wideouts
0: yeah i can get behind that although I'm, pro- I'm more likely to play one of those wideouts and not play garoppolo here over to running back i mentioned james connor and there's a good reason that he's popular that he will be popular i expect it's seven thousand bucks in fan duel salary salary the chargers fourth most friendly two running backs by our adjusted fantasy points allowed and we talked in wednesday's podcast about connor dominating playing time and touches like he's just going to control this backfield and this week, I don't expect the game to get out of hand in either direction yep. and take him off the field in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, workhorse usage for Connor, which you can only say about a handful of running backs right now. Um, an awesome matchup against the Chargers. Dead last in football outsiders. Run defense DVOA over the past five weeks. They're allowing 5.7 yards per carry to running backs over that span. So definitely like Connor and Cash. Um, Antonio Gibson is my second guy in for Cash. Um, $6,100. Washington's backfield, I think, is clearly swinging in. Gibson's favor, even in positive game script last week, you know they led for most of that game against Houston. Uh, Gibson doubled up Brian Robinson in snaps, forty-six to twenty-three. Uh, Gibson outcarried Robinson eighteen to fifteen. Gibson three targets, Robinson zero targets. So Gibson now averaging fourteen point three carries and three targets per game over the last three weeks without J D McKissick. I think that's a good baseline projection for him going forward. And I think you know he has upside for even more than that. Um, Especially in this game against Atlanta, it's a game Washington could be playing from ahead um, and Atlanta is 26th in adjusted points allowed through running backs. Gibson also has six carries
0: inside the 10 yard line over just the past two games and the Falcons have allowed running back touchdowns in five straight games so it's really a great floor and ceiling spot for Antonio Gibson I'm fine with playing him in absolutely any format. And speaking of which, I actually did a sleeper daily draft before the show just to see where Antonio Gibson was. And he mm-hmm. was surprisingly low. It was a fun format too. You put in, all you have to do is put in a dollar to do the draft. Uh, it's fast moving. So make sure you're ready before you go into <laughs> it because I I had too many people around me when I was doing it. I was not quite ready to maximize my draft, but it's very easy. And the other like positive about it versus some of these other things, Jared, is it says in order for this lineup that you draft, to be eligible to enter into other contests you have to make at least one live pick yourself you can't auto draft the whole thing so that tells us that we're not just competing against people who are playing, you know, seven hundred lineups and just auto drafting things and, you know, playing from their algorithms. You're playing against real people. So I get to draft a team for a dollar. I get to look at that team and see if I actually like it. And then I decide whether to put it into these other contests and try to win more money. So as soon as we're done recording, I think I'm gonna be drafting some more of those.
1: Yeah, I love that. I actually didn't know the um must make one pickerel. So like that. I love the format. Like it's dfs but there's a different wrinkle to it because it's a draft rather than a salary cap based game and this week is special this is just a fun slate I and mean, there are a ton of different directions you can go i've done a few of those drafts um there are you know five six seven different stacks you can attack there are you know running backs at all levels of the draft that are interesting um so it's it's a it's definitely a good week to uh, try one of those sleeper drafts i also had a note to mention it but i read right over it on the
0: DraftKings show but in the underdog battle royale drafting antonio gibson's 17th and running back adp Mm -hmm. right now so if you want to do some drafting this weekend especially you know this weekend where we all probably have a little bit more time off work than usual a little bit more time to play with you can head to underdog you can head to sleeper if you have not deposited yet if you have not played these formats yet Go ahead and make your first deposit. Use promo code DRAFTSHARKS. You will get your first deposit matched 100%, so you get some free money to play with on this holiday weekend. It can also especially help if you got, like, your redraft teams are not doing so hot right now, and you're kind of, you know, fading away from paying attention to fantasy. It gives you a, a reason to jump back in for this particular weekend and see if you can win stuff. Switching back to FanDuel mode here, Jared, I think Gibson, I expect that he's not going to be too highly owned to be out of our, Uh, tournament lineup consideration here as well. What do you think about him on that side?
1: Yeah, if he's 17th in these, you know, underdog and sleeper drafts, um, I don't think he'll be super chalky on FanDuel. So I do think he's definitely in play for tournaments. You know, he he has the ceiling. He can make big plays. He's involved in the passing game. As you mentioned, he's getting work around the goal line. So he has the ceiling. I like paying up for Austin Eckler or and or I guess Kenneth Walker in tournaments. Um, Eckler 8,800, Kenneth Walker 8,400, both in really nice spots. You know, Walker against a Vegas run defense that just isn't good. Vegas or Vegas's defense isn't good at anything. Um, and then Eckler, especially in the passing game, the Cardinals have allowed the sixth most running back receiving yards. Football Outsider says them thirtieth in running back coverage, so I think it could be a big day for Eckler in the passing game. And again, with all these um, solid. You know, value plays at running back. I do think the expensive guys might go overlooked. Yeah, I'm certainly never going to
0: argue against Austin Eckler as an upside candidate. Jeff Wilson Jr. in play for me on FanDuel across formats. We'll see about his ownership projection along with Raheem Mostert's availability. Kind of hope that hope that Mostert is active for this game just to keep Jeff Wilson from being too highly owned yeah. here. But you know, we know the matchup. Houston is you know a, a, a welcome mat to fantasy running backs. They've allowed five individual running back games of more than 140 rushing yards this year the washington running backs didn't really deliver on it last week but even then uh, brian robinson and antonio gibson combined for 160 total yards so if that's like a meh game against houston then i'll go ahead and take whatever the upside might be from there and we mentioned it before 17 carries for jeff wilson in his second game with the dolphins derrick henry is somebody that I want to mention in the tournament side here, Jared. I'm very curious to see what his ownership projection is because normally it's like, okay, everybody's going to have some Derrick Henry, but he's 9,500 here. He's coming off of two inefficient games where he was below four yards per carry each of the past two weeks, below 100 total rushing yards. And the Bengals defense started the season looking a lot better. The run defense, though, 27th in DVOA over the past four games. They were weak last week against the Steelers, even though they got D.J. Reader back at defensive tackle. He had been out since week three. So, you know, that is a spot where you could be like, OK, now that they're getting D.J. Reader back, maybe they'll figure it out against the run. Still struggled against Najee Harris and the Steelers last week. We know what the upside is for Derrick Henry. We know his team wants to get him the ball. So if he's anywhere in single digits in ownership projection, I think he's somebody you want to make sure to get some, some solid exposure to.
1: Yeah, Tennessee coming off a you know little mini bye week, too, playing the Thursday night game last week. So I um, like that. Maybe Henry a bit fresher after all those carries he's had so far this season. So I, I like the Henry call. He's always a, a good tournament play, obviously, with the ceiling. Um, I have some interest in Isaiah Pacheco, too, on FanDuel at 6300 bucks. I mean, you know, the guy hasn't caught a pass over the last two games, which hurts. It hurts less here on FanDuel. But he has 31 carries over the past two weeks, averaging 6.1 yards per carry. And, again, just the setup for the Chiefs there. 14 and a half point home favorites with a 29.25 point implied total. So it could be a lot of Pacheco in the second half if this game goes according to, to plan. One guy we
0: didn't talk about at running back on either show really is Samaje Piran. We did finally have Joe Mixon officially ruled out during this recording. So we know he's out. We know Samaje Piran is going to be the lead
1: back. Are you doing anything with him either on DK or on FanDuel this week? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to make the cut for me in cash. And then just in this matchup against Tennessee, who and we know they're an elite run defense, and then even their pass defense has been a lot better lately. So I, I just I don't think it's going to be a ceiling performance from the Bengals. And I think you know to get a ceiling game from Pierre, you'd need a couple of touchdowns. He has that you know, potential still, but I think it, it's it's you know the potential isn't as great as it would be in in other matchups. I agree, and I think you know
0: anybody who's who's bound for that kind of workload. Can score multiple times, but you also have to balance that with how popular he's likely to be. And he's probably going to be at least decently popular. Yeah. He's not going to be a sneaky play. So, overall, there's nothing that attracts me to Smache and I think he's not safe enough to be a comfy pick in cash. I don't think the ceiling's there for tournaments. So, he's not going to be in my plans either.
1: Yeah. I mean, Latavius Murray is $400 cheaper on FanDuel. Maybe not quite the same upside, but I think similar and uh, projection this week. Might be.
0: Maybe. Yeah, it might be the exact same upside at this point. We don't even really know. Is there upside in Denver? Because he at least doesn't have a Chris Evans suit. Yeah,
1: I, I just don't know if there's any upside
0: to be found in Denver. That's fair. Uh, over to wide receiver now, where there's plenty of upside to find. For Cash, what are you doing at wide out?
1: Yeah, hey, lots of strong plays in like the low $7,000 range. I'm starting with DK Metcalf, who you mentioned. He's fallen short of four catches in just one of nine healthy games this season. So he's really been a you know, more consistent player than he has been in previous seasons. And then again, this this Raiders defense, dead last in football outsiders, DVOA. They're 20th in adjusted points allowed to wide receiver. So Metcalf's a good value. And then, and then Chris Godwin, 7000 bucks. The guy's averaging 10.8 targets over his last five games. Like I'll take any wide receiver averaging double digit targets for 7,000 on, on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start just living in that 7K range. The guys you mentioned, Metcalf and Godwin, Keenan Allen's in there as well. Mentioned before, Metcalf is $200 cheaper than Tyler Lockett. So Lockett's in that range as well, but Metcalf for cheaper is the why not option. Mike Evans, 7,600. Terry McLaurin, 7,500. Debo Samuel, just below that at 6,900. I mean, even if you don't have any plans for Garoppolo or anything, he's plenty attractive at that number. So there's just a lot to work with in there. I think I'll start in there, see if I need to go down any further, and then also see if if I can go up
1: any further um, from that starting point. Yeah, what's up with Debo's price on Fanduel? I feel like it's been way way down all year. Yeah,
0: I haven't really been tracking it, but this is probably up. I'm guessing without having compared this to last week's price, it's probably up a little bit because he did score on the ground last week. But before that, he had several games where he didn't really do anything special and was injured one of those weeks as well.
1: Yeah, that's why even at this low price, like I'm not sure I'd play him in cash because I do think, you know, with all the weapons in San Francisco, there's there's a chance he's just the one left out this week. And that's fair. I
0: think there's enough to play around with there that you can and say i don't feel great about devo and it's like fine you can find somebody else that is also their teams you know one or one a one b receiver right. uh to put in a spot Devontae adams at his high salary actually tops yep. our fan duel dollars per put i don't really feel the need to pay up for him he's one of those that if i build a whole lineup and i'm like well, actually there's more money left here than i thought there was going to be then i'll say all right we'll get some Devonte adams in there because he's not likely to to let me down that much but i just don't feel like i need to get up to him either
1: yeah, I was messing around with Fanduel lineups this morning. You can basically either play Adams or one of the expensive running backs, like an Eckler or a Walker or even a Derrick Henry, if you want. Um, so th- that's kind of the, the decision point in cash. Do you want to pay up for Adams or do you want to pay up for one of the expensive running backs? I tend to lean towards running backs for cash in that scenario. But man, Adams' role right now is just insane. Thirty-six and a half percent target share over the last couple games without Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Like he, he's just he's a super safe that for me. So I, I'd have no issue paying up for Adams and cash. Yeah, I agree with
0: that. I will say on the other side that Seattle at times over its strong defense stretch recently, certainly not last time out against Tampa Bay, but before that they were doing a pretty good job against number one wideouts. And when you get this Raiders offense with not a whole lot, they have to worry about. They could just yeah. hyper-focus on Devonte Adams. You know, you can hyper-focus on Devonte Adams and still get beaten by him. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell somebody who wants to play Devonte Adams, not to play him. But there's at least enough, like, eh, maybe he maybe he doesn't have a typical Devontae Adams game here.
1: There's just enough of that where I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go yeah. elsewhere in my cash lineup. Yeah, now he did just blow up against Denver. And even the game before that was against Indianapolis, who's like a top 10 wide receiver defense. So He, he seems pretty matchup proof right now. Yeah. On the GPP side, I want to start with Juju
0: Smith-Schuster, especially in a Patrick Mahomes lineup. The 6,600 is an attractive price for him. And we've most recently seen him as the top option among Chiefs wideouts. Obviously, it's still a crowded situation. He could very easily not be the guy in a given week. So he's not a cash lineup player for me, but I think he's attractive for GPPs, especially because he's not likely to be so highly owned this week. And then I also really like Tom Brady and Chris Godwin, Mike Evans lineups mm-hmm. for uh, FanDuel use here.
1: Yeah, Evans is on my list here. I think you could even play him as a one-off if you're not playing Tom Brady. I like the price tag. I always like the touchdown upside on Mike Evans. Um, Josh Palmer, $6,800. You know, he's 500 500- dollars cheaper than Keenan Allen. I do think Allen will be the more popular play just you know, based on name value. But Josh Palmer out-targeted Keenan 10 to eight last week. Palmer has 40 targets and 28 catches over his last four games now. And I do think he'll remain busy with Mike Williams likely out on Sunday. And then I also think going back to Cortland Sutton is kind of interesting. He, he ended up being popular last week was okay. You know, definitely didn't deliver a ceiling game. And again, maybe there is no ceiling games to be had in Denver this season. But, um, Jerry Judy looks like he's going to miss this game again, has not practiced yet this week. So again, you know, Sutton should dominate targets for Denver and the matchup's pretty good against Carolina.
0: Yeah. And he, he fell short in a way where you're like, ah, he wasn't that far from delivering for me. I think it was like 11 targets, six catches and then just like 66 yards or something like that. Yeah. Just needed a touchdown. On tight end, I'm likely not paying up to the expensive guys in cash, Jared, but I do think Mark Andrews is in play for cash at $900 cheaper than Travis Kelsey if it fits with whatever else I'm building. More likely going Evan Ingram over Gerald Everett in the cheap
1: range. What about you? Yeah, I guess Andrews would be in play if you... Don't play Adams or an expensive running back. That's another route you could take. You could you know, go mid-range at both those positions and then play Andrews. I think that's viable. I'm going to play Gerald Everett in cash on FanDuel. Uh, full practice on Thursday, so the groin should not be an issue, You know, barring some sort of setback between now and then. 6.6 targets per game for Everett this season in his eight healthy games. And then Arizona is second worst in both Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings and adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. A really nice matchup for Everett. Yeah, I like the matchup and spot
0: for Everett. I would play him over Ingram in a tournament lineup, but it's just that groin that makes me hesitant if he's playing even if he's practicing in full, mm-hmm. you know, there's still that chance that he gets into the game and just tweaks it and all of a sudden you're without a tight end for three quarters. Yeah.
1: You're also calling Everett a um bigger injury risk than Evan Ingram. So I don't know. <laughs> well I mean you know if you head in on yeah, the injury I
0: report, I think it's fair. I also just might be a little shell shocked because I watched Jacoby Myers go down on the first play last night. And even though he came back still fell short of the receptions over for me in my underdog pick'ems
1: yep. I I uh I bet him on DraftKings over four and a half catches, so yeah, that, that hurt. It should have been easy, too. He had three catches in 16
0: snaps when he did get back in the game with an injured shoulder. I mean, I should I feel like I should get credit for it. They should just, you know, prorate it, whatever whatever the term is. Pro- the process was good, Matt. You don't always get the results. So how it goes, I need a little bit more results, a little less <laughs> process right now in my my bankroll. GPP side at tight end, Jared. What do you think? Yeah, yes, so I,
1: I would literally only play Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews at tight end on FanDuel this week. Um, I you know, they're obviously head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of upside. I think it's very likely, like over 50%, that one of those two guys will be in the tournament winning lineup on FanDuel it's really not that hard to to fit those guys in so I would just I would just stick to those two and not worry about any of these you know cheap flyers type guys I feel like I would probably put that percentage at somewhere less
0: than 50 but I agree that Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are easily the best bets to be the uh, slate changing scorers at tight end and over here I think I'm more likely to try to get to Travis Kelsey because the salary difference between them matters less than (laughs) it does on DraftKings and I mean Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, obviously not going to sneak up on anybody, but if you go Mahomes, Kelsey, Juju, Smith, Schuster, I think there you have a chance to set a lineup that's not going to be nearly as duplicated. And plenty of other guys, obviously, beyond that to differentiate from the other lineups in your tournament.
1: Yeah, yeah Kelsey, definitely the better value, I think on both sides, but you know even more so on FanDuel here. I was thinking it's going to be much more popular. Again, it's not going to get me off him. I think the biggest argument for Andrews is, you know, he, he cannot score Kelsey and he's, you know, kind of come in lower round, I think. Yes, I agree with that. If you do play a Chiefs stack, are you running back any Rams? Because I <laughs> No, definitely not. You're playing for the, you know, 40 to, to 10 game. Yes, absolutely. Chiefs deep be interesting on, on Chiefs stacks, actually. Yeah, that would be interesting. So
0: what about, so what about that? Now that we're yeah. on to defense, what are you doing? Uh, so for me, it's Broncos and Cash.
1: You know, they're, they're the, cheapest solid play, I think, on FanDuel, thirty nine hundred bucks. They get Sam Darnold. The Panthers have a 17 point implied total. I think otherwise, I mean the, the Chiefs obviously in play. They they should be less chalky on FanDuel because they're, you know, relatively more expensive. I think that makes them a better tournament play on FanDuel. Um I think the Dolphins are in play at forty four hundred bucks. You know, hopefully you get forty plus dropbacks from Kyle Allen on Sunday. that lead to some upside. And then I think paying up for for the 49ers is also a good play and just a quality defense playing Andy Dalton. Yeah. Dalton coming off a nice game last week, but he's Andy Dalton. He could, he could definitely, you know, lay an egg on Sunday. Absolutely. I think for me, it's really
0: going to be more of a one defense thing here, like on DK, but over here, it's the Broncos for 3,900 bucks against the Panthers. They're cheap. The matchup's awesome. I think that there's, I think they're less likely to be as chalky as the chiefs over on DK, which helps me not have to worry so much about the tournament um, ownership level. That said, I think I'm also more likely to alter my plan here if the Broncos are looking chalkier than I'm expecting because they're playing the Panthers as opposed to the hapless Rams, which is crazy (laughs) to me in my own head that I'm thinking that way about those two teams right now. Um, You know, one of them just won a Super Bowl not that long ago, but... Looking at the Panthers versus the Broncos, I mean, there's a chance that Deontay Foreman has a good game against the Denver run defense. Uh, there's a chance that DJ Moore does some stuff. There's a chance that this is a game between the Broncos and Panthers. I don't think there is any chance at all that Rams-Chiefs is a game. So I think the Chiefs
1: are going to be dominating that one. I think the Rams are going to be under pressure the whole time, and it's going to be ugly. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what the ownership projections look like on FanDuel. I think the Chiefs might still come in with more ownership than Denver because yeah, it's just it's it's easier to, to, to fit that price tag in on FanDuel the Chiefs. Yes, I I agree. That'll do it for this week 12 FanDuel podcast. You can head to
0: DraftSharks.com now to play around with the lineup generator and build your own lineups for FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo. You can also find Kevin's articles highlighting top picks for cash and tournament entries on FanDuel this week. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shouse saying thanks so much for something with us.